politicians and political parties that have their head in the sand right now that are the ones that are going to suffer the most because this is the way the world is moving. Hello and welcome to another episode of Chatter, a podcast from The Gist. On today's show, we're talking to Callum Curry from SUS. SUS is a market research and polling company that Callum's been working on for two years. The idea is basically to give people a better way of engaging in issues going on in their area and get politicians to listen when it's not just election time. We had a really great discussion about SUS, about the entrepreneur scene in Northern Ireland, about tech startups and about universal basic income and the future of work. Today's episode is sponsored by Unison. They're currently fighting a battle against the Northern Ireland Trusts over the proposed £70 million in cuts. And if you want to sign the petition to help them with that campaign, you can find it in the description below. So let's get on with the interview. Yeah, so Callum, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's nice to nice to get to chat to you um, and get you to explain exactly what SUST has become and, uh, sure. and what it is, uh, not just for myself, but I think there'd be a lot of people interested in in hearing, you know, from its uh, from its creator <laughs> exactly yeah. what it is, and and for people who who don't know what it is to sort of understand the uh, the idea itself and, and what it's gonna how it's gonna revolutionise Northern Ireland as a <laughs> as a country. Yeah, I like that terminology. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, do you want to just sort of give us a brief overview of of what SUST is? Sure. Um, so SUST is a civic engagement platform. Um, we basically have the aim of changing the world uh, by empowering local people um, to have a have a voice in in their community um, on both civic and political affairs. Okay, so when it launches in the next couple of weeks or, or months, yeah, say someone sees the app and they download it. Like, what's the the first thing they're going to see or be able to do with it? Like, well, they're going to see content that's completely tailored towards who they are. Um, they're not going to see um, polls for the sake of polls. You're going to see campaigns by the local organizations in your area that are actually helping to shape your area. Um, when you then engage with those campaigns, you're giving those organizations the ammunition that they need to take the local decision makers to get decisions made more efficiently. Okay, so it's like a local polling app. Yeah. So why 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 should people use your app for their you know to give their opinion? What what makes that any different to tweeting it or you know making an angry Facebook sure. post about it or sure. standing on the corner of the sure. street with a soapbox? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, well, um, the 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 problem that we that we that we've seen um, when working with local organisations is. Um, they have tried the whole Facebook, Twitter polling um, strategy before. Um, the problem is that you can see um, what the general consensus of opinion is. However, the information on the back end of that is lost to Facebook or Twitter or the platforms that you're using, which is a problem for local organizations because um, there's an opportunity there for them to actually capture that data, harness it, and then use it um, as a tool um, to address local politicians um to take action um it's probably the best answer for that question <laughs> okay so then having used social media polls and stuff so you find that there's a it's too almost specialized to whoever is conducting the poll well that's that, that's um 
that's the issue is the fact is the fact that if you're running a poll through your Facebook page, you're only going to be able to reach the audience that are already engaged in what you're do, what you're doing. And this is something that you and me have spoken about before. So um, any local organization, university or business we've talked to, um, a, an issue that they're having is how do they measure impact outside their existing community? Um, we wanted to bring the entire community experience online so that people may be on our platform to engage in one particular area of interest, but because they're on our platform, they'll actually see your campaigns and then start engaging with you. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, no, it's it's definitely a really interesting idea. I like the... Obviously, Northern Ireland is a an interesting society to to get a, a poll of in general, and it, it tends to be that polling is difficult to do. Sure. Especially in a, an era where we have so many different forms of polling. So you could go with a telephone poll, you could go with social media, as we kind of talked about. You could yeah. go with stopping people on the street. You know, there's there's a whole sort of a plethora of ways in which people can, can go about it. And by bringing it all together in a place where people can give their voice on on really locally specific issues like you know where they're planting the trees at the end of the street yeah the whole way to the collapse of storm and it it, it gives like a really broad it's given people the access to this information the information is out there the organizations are out there but the it's 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 accessing what's actually going on and as this generation is aware we're used to getting our information at the click of a button, um, but for some reason, and I mean, this is this is why we started out in this journey. We could, I couldn't personally understand why I could look up a f- video of uh, any. Well, I mean, I could look up funny videos of cats, um, <laughs> but I couldn't access information that it was literally shaping the world I lived in, hmm. um, and that was that was important to me then to go on a quest to. To, to build something and I knew that prior to two years ago I had interest in politics but I'd, I'd never studied politics um, I I knew that I could, if I could build something where I would find uh, I would find the, the a platform engaging um, informative and bring this information to me in a way that I could understand that anybody could understand it and anyone could use it mm. so that's kind of where that whole idea even started from yeah why don't, why don't we go back a bit because it, it... The original conception of the idea was a little bit different to what were what you've kind of what sure. it's evolved and, and morphed into. Do you want to do you want to talk a little bit about what the the initial conception was and what your initial idea was? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I as as a young guy, I couldn't understand why um, my opinion became so important. Well, no, I could under, I could understand why, but I couldn't understand why there wasn't uh, a forum for me to make my voice heard in an effective way at times of the year that weren't around election times. Mm. Uh, it felt, and this could be a personal thing for me, but that my own opinion was only really val- valued by politicians around election time. Mm. Um, well, that's I, like three times a year. For us. Well, for us, <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted I, I I couldn't understand that because there was a lot of decisions being made, even in the area I, I come from, Lisburn, hmm. where I couldn't access this information, um, and I wanted to I wanted to build something um, where people could actually give their opinion, and it was important that they could give their opinion in real time to issues that they actually cared about. 
Um, now, in 2016, it was all around political engagement. So um, it was giving local people the opportunity to voice their opinion on political issues um, that uh, were uh, being discussed by their politicians as Stormont in advance. Our platform is integrated through social media, so you can compare um, how the public were voting on each issue uh, uh, in comparison to how your political representative uh, was actually voting. And then trying to address some of the issues around why people aren't engaged. So tackling transparency, allowing you to actually see who's voting in what way on each bill as it came through Storm in real time. So yeah, that, I mean that was that was basically 2016 uh, in a nutshell, and it's probably what most people listening to this podcast will know Sust for. Mm. Um, right up until obviously, then we had uh, the collapse of Stormont um, at the end of last year, which uh, threw up unique challenges to us as well. Yeah, I kind of I really felt for you because um, I knew how close you were to to, to sort of launching things, sure. and I was excited to get to see it in in. In action, action essentially, yeah. <laughs> um, when it came to, especially, I was I was really looking forward to what happened once the assembly got itself back together post the March election, Absolutely, and then yeah. obviously that hasn't quite happened yet. But uh, I, what really, really intrigued me was that the idea that the opinions are out there. It's not something that that isn't sort of in the community it's not that everyone's sitting there with no opinion yeah because if you've ever been to a cafe ever anywhere you'll hear someone complaining about some decision that's being made yeah and as you said that the the information's all out there on the internet on social media with people complaining but it's very unrefined and a lot of voices can get lost in the the ether sure and and sort of drowned out in the the screaming noise that is, is social media, you can use exactly, your opinion yeah. won't be heard. And it's, it's very much something like I've experienced. Like if you, that I see the decisions that are being made, I understand who's making the decisions. I understand why they're making the decisions, but don't feel like you can have an impact upon the decisions, even though that these people are your local representatives, <laughs> which is exactly how I felt too. Yeah. Uh, it's, you're, you're definitely not alone there. Um, and I really, I really enjoy the way that, hopefully will give communities more of a voice because I think it's very easy for politicians to dismiss a small activists group as, oh, these are just some fringe lunatics concerned about this issue. Sure. Or, you know, say five people care enough about the state of the bus lanes or whatever to go to their, you know, MLA or their, uh, or the Department for Infrastructure or whatever and go, you know, why have you done this? This was stupid. Exactly. Or just as the bus lanes, for an example, and they're controversial. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the, the new ones in, in the city centre. But it's very easy for people to dismiss a group, a small group. Whereas if you're giving them more community-wide polling on it, it's much more difficult for them sure. to ignore it in reality. Absolutely. And yeah. it, it gives gives them maybe not not a shock to the system but it gives them a much better idea of how the average person feels about decisions that are being made which they should be happy about yeah you know what i mean these are the people that they represent you should you should want to know how your constituents feel Hmm. um now obviously um based based on uh basing our business model um, around political stability in Northern Ireland wouldn't have been the strongest business model ever. 
Um, no. we, we had what? What was it? Nearly 10 years of uninterrupted government. <laughs> yeah. Shockingly. Yeah. Seems um, like a distant memory now. Well, I mean, for, for us, it was an opportunity. Mm. Um, it was an entrepreneur. It was a, it was a, an opportunity for us to take a step back and say, well, um, what else can we do with this platform? Um, and I, I mean, it, it, it give us, it give us, uh, it give us the chance to say, okay, well, people may not just want to engage politically, but there is an awful lot of other issues out there um, that we can actually address um, by instead of going f- sort of from the top down going to actually the grassroots level and saying, okay, well, what's actually happening in our communities? What, what's, what's the topics that you are interested in? Hmm. And going from the bottom up as opposed to the other way around, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it totally does. It's, it's a really interesting idea because obviously um, in the UK as a, a wider sort of whole, a lot is made of, of polling. And in, in all elections or any anywhere, a lot is made of polling. But it's very much, a, no matter how detailed your polling is, it's a very expensive sure. way of trying to gauge public opinion. Yeah. And it's a very, very dependent on the people you're, you're managing to poll. And obviously there are ways you can wait polls and you can yeah. attempt to kind of make up for those deficiencies sure but unless you're asking everyone yeah or at least a a substantial portion of people you're not going to get a real concrete idea of the the opinion so i'm i'm really really uh excited for you generally just to to see where where you can go with things because uh i think it's as you kind of touched on it's it's a platform or an idea that hasn't really been explored no, I mean it's it, like you said. I mean there are existing polling companies out there. Um, it's for us. It's about access and it's about giving people an option to make their voices heard on on many different issues um, and express their opinions in an effective manner. Um, technology allows us to harness these massive platforms like Facebook and Twitter, and the idea being that if you can provide um, local organisations with the information and the statistics that they need to take the local decision makers on the, on, uh, on the flip side along, well, alongside that um, it's leveraging social pressure on these networks to get these problems addressed more efficiently mm. because it's not going to my Facebook timeline complaining about something because that's not going to get the, the problem addressed. It's giving the information to the organizations that can actually use those statistics to get to actually take action. Mm. Um, And then it's very, very difficult for local decision makers to hide behind um, not knowing the facts where you have the statistics there. And you can then, because it's integrated through social media, what happens if 10, 20, 50,000 people start sharing these statistics hmm. it's very difficult then for the person who represents your constituency to say well we don't know that this is actually the case we don't know who feels this way and how much support you have because it's there so yeah um, I mean I really hope that it can uh, sort of help bring us to a more representative form of democracy in a, in a very broad sense sure um, because well, at the moment, there there are obviously po- there's obviously polling done on you know how many people in Northern Ireland want gay marriage, sure. 
and that, that does kind of get ignored but there are as you kind of say it's it's not it's not thousands of people sharing those statistics it's if you want to go and look they're there yeah but you have to kind of go through some polls and try and find the right data and this kind of centralizes it all yeah and in in a way that genuinely could make like a huge impact the next time it comes to to an election or even just um on the day-to-day running of of our councils of you know well that's that i mean it's it's on on the flip side i mean i'm saying uh, empowering the public is is one part of what we're doing but it's also providing local councils local political parties with the ability to gauge public opinion in real time so they can actually see how their constituents feel at any given time on any on any, on any issue so it's a it's a huge resource tool for them as well you know it's 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 trying it's the, the our ambition is to revolutionize how our democracy works by harnessing technology um it's actually really interesting in that well when this when this goes out we'll have just released uh, a conversation that i had with brett weinstein who's an evolutionary biologist yeah and we were actually talking about the way that their need well we've got to a point in which a lot of democracies in the uk and the us and in northern ireland as well he he used the phrase that we need revolution without revolution yeah and he felt that there was no way that we could do that through physical revolution sure. without it turning to violence and and you know just chaos essentially yeah. and that he felt that the way that it could be possible to move a society forwards would be to arrive um at a better form of governance and of running, you know, societies and, and countries by harnessing technology yeah. that is not just there for the use that it's being pushed for, yeah. that it's being adopted because of its utility to people in a wider sense rather than just in terms of governance. Yeah. And we sort of talked about blockchain as a way of, of governing um, and running a lot of government systems and we talked about way way in the future of of using ai and it honestly didn't even dawn on me that that your your platform could genuinely be part of that technology that can help revolutionize yeah the way that a country is run sure. uh, right the, right the way down to a local level because of its utility to not just the people who are running the countries but to anyone who's trying to get a and a gauge on what the opinion is on the ground. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's just an exciting prospect. Well, I mean, I was listening to a little bit of your uh, podcast um, with the guys from Progressive NI, mm. and they were talking about the idea of a citizens' assembly. Mm. Um, which that I mean that that's always been an interesting um, idea to me. Um, now, the, my idea of maybe not not going and pulling one hundred people, but instead having a a way that you can actually get the public involved at every stage, um, instead of uh, at at different at different times, actually get opening these decisions up 
to the public at any given time, given the technology that we have, because we didn't have this opportunity 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, we didn't have the, you didn't have the opportunity to sit here and talk to, to talk to people like me or talk to some of the other guests that you've had mm. um, and get information out there to the wider public. And that's what it's about. It's the transfer of information and communication. It's effective communication. I think if the theme should be, you can't, rev, maybe rev, it's, it's revolution through communication. Mm. Um, and you, you see how important communication is at every level of life. If you don't have good communication, in a relationship, it breaks down. If you don't have good communication within local government, it breaks down. And that's what we're seeing right now. Mm. So. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting way of looking at it in that the, the breakdown of communication between politicians and the people they're meant to represent is, is something you could draw across, you know, societies all around the world. Like, I think there was a poll that was done in America and it could have been a couple of years ago now. It was probably one of the most shocking graphs that I'd seen in in terms of how effective a democracy is. And it was a, the graph was essentially the likelihood of a policy being implemented against the opinion of the public on said policy. Yeah. And there was none, no correlation, none whatsoever. Yeah. Whether the 100% of the public wanted something or 0% of the public wanted something it had no impact upon whether that policy was implemented. And in America, it was kind. Of, it was kind of designed to to show, and then they they weighted it for the influence of money and you know big sure. donations, Absolutely. and all yeah. of a sudden there's a lot more correlation between. Sure. The, yeah, <laughs> I can understand that. Yeah, but uh, I think it, it played to a wider point that people maybe don't feel that much like you felt that their voice is heard by the people who are making the decisions, and and this is a way that technology can now bridge that gap because. We, as a, a first generation of people who are getting to grips with this technology, as you said, 10 years ago, I wouldn't have been able to sit, sit here and, and, you know, record something and then put it out for anyone in the world to hear yeah, yeah. unless I was a radio host. Sure. And now, you know, any monkey with a microphone can do it. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, it's a really, it's going to be a really intriguing time, I think, to watch how society is going to evolve as people begin to understand how the technology that is being developed can be used to not just you know for the novelty of it but yeah. to, to actually improve the world sure. as a whole to yeah. be really ambitious about it you know yeah. why not aim for the stars and all that <laughs> absolutely and uh, yeah i think it's it's an exciting time well i think i mean if you uh... As far as how technology is progressing, um, I'm a I'm vice curator for Global Shapers here in Belfast, mm. um, and a theme that we discuss um, is the fourth industrial revolution um, and how it's going to affect existing industry here. Um, for you to think that uh, our political system is exempt from technology from the effect that technology is going to have is ridiculous, mm. and it's those politicians and political parties that have their head in the sand right now that are the ones that are going to suffer the most because this is the way the world is moving mm. um and we're just excited to be a part of it yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time you sit back and grab the popcorn <laughs> <laughs>
um, but yeah, so to, to sort of move, like move on there, you mentioned your your work as part of uh, what was it? The Global Shapers. The Global Shapers. Belfast, well, yeah. what what do they do? Uh, the Global Shapers Belt. Uh, we're we're a, an initiative of the World World Economic Forum. Um, okay. We have hubs um, from four hundred countries across the world um, of young people that are actively trying to push innovation um, with, and improve their local communities. Um, and if there's any local entrepreneurs, innovators listening to this podcast, I would suggest that you get in touch with me or Global Shapers Belfast to see um, to learn more about the fourth industrial revolution mm. um, and. Uh, how you can make an impact um, on society for the better because there are some fantastic minds here in Belfast and I think amid a lot of this political turmoil um, what's missing from media is just how much good work is going on in the city and across Northern Ireland whether that be through local community groups or whether that through be uh, through young innovators that are actually looking beyond what's going on in local politics and trying to make a significant impact on their communities and wider society. Yeah, it's uh, Northern Ireland is a is a is a much more innovative and happening place. Yeah. Than maybe a lot of people realise. Um, you just for a point there. Uh, if you if anyone is listening and, and feels like they want to get in touch, we'll put the link in the description for the yeah the contact information there. Um, yeah. But your sort of point that the the media maybe doesn't cover quite how how much innovation is going on in Belfast sure. is yeah. something that I think I, I I'm not even sure they know how to cover it because I was watching just I, my mum had BBC on last time I was up at home in the morning uh, and they were they were talking about the the impact of your phone and yeah. your t- on technology and sure. and I was just looking at it going like yeah but. This is this conversation's five years old. Like, obviously, people are more than aware of the like. They were talking about the shock that oh, phones are built to be addictive. Well, yeah. yeah, no shit. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. like, the, yeah, yeah that people are going to make their products to be as enticing as possible. Absolutely. So I I get the impression that they maybe don't quite know how to cover a lot of the innovation, and because it's happening so rapidly that they they're not quite sure how to keep up with what's going on and i think sure. it's difficult for more traditional media outlets to to kind of get a grasp on what's going on on the ground in, in the tech scene yeah i mean um i don't know if i would share the exact opinion that um they're just not able to keep up with it um i think the bad news sells quicker than good news hmm. um and i think that um even i was at a youth action uh, conference last week, uh, Islands of Innovation, hmm. which brought together some of the best young minds from across the UK and Ireland. And we got no uh, media, local media coverage at all for that really? event. And there where, is, where was it? Uh, in the centre of Belfast. Yeah, no I mean, way. Just, just around the corner from it. Um, and I mean, it wasn't because they weren't contacted to let, to, to let them know that this is happening. Um, and th- that's only one example. And then that's within the last week. But there is a ton of other examples out there of young people doing incredible work. And not just young people, but local people doing incredible work. Um, and it's, again, it comes down to uh, how, how, how do you, um, how do you uh, reach out to the wider community and let them know the work that you're actually doing? If you're not getting local media coverage, then you need to look to technology to get your, uh, your ideas out there. Mm-hmm. 
So you, you've had a lot of experience, obviously, working with the sort of startup and tech and innovation scene in, in Belfast. What do, you, what do you make of it as a whole, as a place for young innovators? This is an incredible time to be living in Belfast or, and Northern Ireland. Um, it's an incredible time to be living full stop. Uh, I mean, I know we had touched on, obviously, how addictive your phone is, but your phone is also this incredible tool that gives you access to information that you could never access before. It gives you a platform to make your voice heard and to reach out to communicate with people um, in a second. We didn't have those opportunities before. Um, the the local business uh, tech startup scene in Belfast is booming. Uh, I mean, the work that um, is happening down at Catalyst um, in the Northern Ireland Science Park um, is incredible um, and the, I, I think I think a lot of young people here are looking but I mean maybe due to their access to things like social media can see what's actually happening in other parts of the world and we're we're actually positioned in a, in a in an incredible space because we aren't I mean in there there are many ways that we've been held back and aren't as advanced as some places on the mainland mm. but that that is not a, a complete disadvantage to us because we can look at technology ideas business that's being implemented in other parts of the world and bring those ideas here mm. and the, the, there are there are there are innovators right now working in belfast and this is this is something that i'm extremely passionate about as well because i intend to be one of the most successful young people from this country full stop and for the, the opportunity for me to then go out and actually speak on how incredible young people can be from here mm. and like actually change the narrative around young people from this country. Like that is something that I'm extremely excited about full stop, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're not an entrepreneur, I'm just extremely excited to be able to go out and talk about that kind of stuff. So yeah, Belfast, there's, there's definitely a lot more happening than there even would have been a few years ago. Sure. Uh, they might have different grants and programs for, for anyone who, who thinks they have a, an idea. Um, yeah. it's, it's exciting because typically I think part of it, honestly, I think is because of the tuition fees here. Mm-hmm. Because for myself, uh, when I was applying, um, oh my goodness, Nearly six years ago. Yeah. I'm feeling really old now. <laughs> <laughs> Same sort of time frame as I probably would. <laughs> but yeah, when I was applying for university, there was the, the choice. It was just as the £9,000 fees were coming in. So the choice for me was stay in Northern Ireland and pay a third for an equivalent quality education. There was yeah. like Queen's is a Russell Group University. It's really... Uh, there's some fantastic staff members. There's some really, really brilliant lecturers, like some really great facilities. And for me, it was a no-brainer yeah. to stay here because, yeah, just simply because I'm coming out with a third of the debt that I would have had Absolutely, if I'd gone to yeah. end. And but look at look how many young people that we're actually losing to the mainland and other other places for those students that are actually leaving us to go to university abroad. Mm. But my, I guess my point is I feel that that has been sort of a galvanizing factor in keeping people here. Yeah. Because I can't imagine I'm the only person who had that thought. I'm like, yeah. well, I could pay nine grand for the same level of education yeah. as I would get here. Yeah. Why? Why would I go and do that when this is the still the, the cheapest place to live for, yeah. for, for people in the UK? Yeah. More than, and 
I just feel like we're we're kind of getting to a point where we're almost past that that brain drain that that was happening for forty years because of the troubles. Anyone who had ambition would, sure. you know, you go to London or you go to Manchester, yeah. you go you go across the water because the opportunities are there. And now I'm sitting here looking across and going, well, you know, I could thanks to technology as well as like I could go and live in England somewhere and run you know, our, our site and our podcast from somewhere across there. But it feels like it's almost more, makes more sense now for people to stay in Belfast yeah, um, because of the amount of innovation going on. But very much to your point there about there not being a whole lot of coverage of it. Like, why, why do you think that is? Um, of, of the amount of innovation that actually goes on here? Yeah. Um, I think well, the, the the people the people um, that could tell the story about some of the best stories that are going on in Belfast just don't have access to the right platforms. Mm. Um, and uh, unfortunately, I mean, it goes back to the the question about um, traditional media and why a lot of the good stuff isn't being reported here. And um, I'm not actually I'm not I'm, I'm not entirely sure I'm not entirely sure as of yet why. Um, I can't get my head around why some of this stuff isn't being reported, um, but I think it's I think it's a very good uh, point about um, you were speaking about uh, young people staying here for the low uh, tuition fees, um, and I think that's a that's a that's a fantastic incentive for them to stay here. Um, but I think that we need to do better in our conversation than just you know low tuition fees because those the, for the amount of people that we're still losing to the mainland and i think it's a convers it's i think it's a conversation that we need to have about self-awareness of young people as well um and a lot of young people believing that if they go somewhere else you know it's the it's the old uh idea that the grass is greener somewhere else um and i do i know from experience that many of my friends that have went away have ended up coming back here anyway after realizing that actually life isn't that different anywhere else in fact we don't have we don't have it bad in a lot of ways here mm. um and and in in many other ways we actually have it uh we have it great um which is it which is which is more of the message that we need to start sort of pushing out towards young people about the opportunities that we have here um, and trying to keep some of the best minds that we have here here to build something to dig in and build something here now hmm. um and which is what i'm trying to do yeah you're definitely because i think a lot of the the complaints that people would maybe have like oh you know it's the there's more going on in the city and you know the government isn't as backwards and well (laughs) (laughs) i the thing is that's 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 the problem is that no matter where you live wherever you come from you you're these problems exist everywhere else too to a degree Hmm. um and at some point you're going to have to as a young person you're just going to have to dig in and try and build something for yourself Hmm. uh so I mean that again. Um, I think that's a that's a good message that we need to get out to, to young people. Yeah, well, hopefully Sust can uh, try and help shape a slightly better world for for graduates and for for people who want to, because Belfast is a, a vibrant and and really fantastic place if you're a student, especially. Yeah. And you know, as a as a young person, as a <laughs> yuppie or <laughs> i don't know what you want to call it plus just graduates who are who are trying to get themselves on the the job ladder and into the job market and and or just start their own companies or or 
just push on in the world. I think that it's Belfast is becoming more of a place that that is more alive to that sort of attitude. Yeah. And I think we're moving in the right direction. And hopefully, you know, there's more people like yourself who are going to be pushing to rather than, like you said, going where the grass is greener to try sure. and. Well, I think that's a that's a that's also resting on uh, on the shoulders of our education system as well, because uh, a theme that actually came up at that youth action event that I spoke of last week was um, entrepreneurship in young people, and not o- not only entrepreneurship but self awareness in young people, and how our education system isn't necessarily set up, uh, or isn't hasn't actually kept up with how our society is moving, um, and doesn't create enough space for young people to make their own decisions find out who they are and then make life choices based on that um it's sort of the production line of going from primary school to high school to university with very little time in between to say okay well who am i and what value can i give and i think the the narrative around the career that you want is always based on how much you can earn when it should be based on how much value that you can give and that's something that i believe in 100 percent. i know that if i create enough value for people that I will make money. Mm. And that's what young people need to realize. It's what need can I meet and stop looking for a, a, a certain salary or a certain lifestyle. Mm. The, the the narrative around that needs to change, but it does it, it, it does come back to our education system and how that's set up and allowing people to make decisions for themselves and, uh, and also teaching them um, uh, not entrepreneurship in just in relation to business, but entrepreneurship in, in relation to life in general um, and how young people are actually taught um, how to cope with loss. Mm. This was a theme, a strong theme that we were talking about um, and how we are graded, um, how that affects then um, whether we get back into school, um, whether we drop out, um, how we then deal with those sort of losses at an early age and the effect that that has on us because loss losing in general or feeling and i when i say feeling it's not it's never failure like and i never i've i never see failure as failure i see it as an opportunity to do something different and that's the conversation that we need to have with young people is that there are there are no failures there are only lessons to be learned um and that 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 can help them uh that can help them in every aspect of their life, not just if they're out looking for jobs or going to university. That's going to help them in life in general. Mm. That's a really good point. I, because, so something you said there about sort of the production line from school to, you know, sixth form to then university and, yep. and going beyond that is... Something that, that that sort of like checkbox, okay, got my GCSEs, okay, sure. got my A-levels, okay, got yeah. my university, got yeah. my Duke of Edinburgh, now I am ready for a job. Yeah. And I, it's it's something that I don't think is quite right for today's economy. No, it's not. Because it might have been fine before when people would have gone into a job and worked for a company for 40 years and then retired. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, someone said to me recently, actually, about how the whole—it's a—it's a combination of a couple of factors. First, that the idea of staying with a company for a career is no longer really very viable. No, um, it's not even not viable, but it's something that a lot of people don't do. They, they'll go and work at a job. I think the average stay for a job is now three to five years, and then they'll move on to another industry. Yeah. So 
it, and I feel it's because people are maybe not sure what they're wanting to do with their life, or maybe they're just, you know, happy to move around, find different things, like try new ideas, try, you know, try and find things that they settle into well, or maybe people just like a change of scene, whatever it is that's moving that, that needle, or whether it's sort of the, you could be really cynical and say it's because workers aren't valued and people get pissed at a job after five years and then want to move on to somewhere better. Yeah. But uh, there's that, there's the entire, there's the move towards a more automated economy. There's the fear of people having... That's a that's a that's a real that's a real fear because that's a reality. Yeah, no, it hundred percent is, and that the traditional nine to five office job in ten years could just be a complete thing of the past. It could Which be- is scary because I mean, and again, this is why it's important that we have these conversations with young people to let them know that a career path that they're thinking of right now won't necessarily be around by the time that they leave they leave university or school. Mm. I mean there some 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 industries right now are going to be seriously affected within the next 5 to 10 years by technology. So you may think that you're going to be an accountant when you leave school and you're going to go through your university thing only to find that in 5 years time a lot of the services that you thought that you were going to be able to provide have been taken over by artificial intelligence. By by automation, this is this is the way the world's going. I actually had a discussion with someone on Facebook yesterday who was telling me, you know, this is the kind of conversations that we used to have in the nineteen eighties. You know, it's all it's all science fiction. And I was like, if you have children right now, this is the kind of conversation that you need to be having with them. You need to be teaching them what's coming and how we need to learn how to. But this comes back to learn how to be able to adapt mm. and to failure. This thing about if you you know you're, you you quit a job after five years, that's seen as failure. It's not. It's you adapting. It's you moving into a different uh, area and being comfortable to do that. Whereas, like you said before, you could go into a career. Uh, or you, uh, in previous years, you could get a career uh, and work for work for forty years. This is a completely different world. And in five years' time, it's going to be a completely different world again. Mm. So it's trying to prepare young people for and try to prepare our education system to catch up. To understand that the, the the skills that you're being taught in school aren't necessarily going to be applicable by the time you leave school. Mm. Yeah, it's it's an, a really really it's going to be really interesting to see exactly where the economy goes. Like I have a theory that the best way to deal with it is to move towards everyone working part time mm. because there's not going to be the hours for everyone unless we just start inventing. I saw a thing the other day about the rise of bullshit jobs, but we're going to have to invent a whole lot of bullshit jobs for everyone to be working full time in 20 years. Yeah. But it's... Can I get I, your opinion on something? Yeah. Um, what, what, is your, what are, what are your, th- your thoughts on a universal salary or universal... Universal basic income. Basic income, yeah. Uh, I think it's a fantastic idea. But I think it has to be, and a friend of mine is even more concerned about it, but I think it has to be the perfect level of it has to provide the the bare minimum so it has to have you know housing and food yeah those are the two things that people need yeah more than anything if you and you know in america you have to consider healthcare because that's not a thing or in other countries where you know we have there's insurance and whatnot but here yeah. thankfully we have the nhs for now <laughs> um but yeah it has to it has to cover housing housing and food for me but this kind of actually goes to a point I was I was I was going to make there is that 
someone said to me about how they think the economy is going to move towards a much more entrepreneurial spirit uh, in that people aren't going to be employed by companies anymore that we're going to see more and more and more and more and more people self-employed and running their own little even if it's their own little craft shop or their own little site on Etsy where they sell a few things for like passive income. Sure. And I think that ultimately that's where we could end up with a universal basic income in that if people have housing and food supplied, that that entrepreneurial spirit can be... Can thrive. Can thrive it yeah. because it gives people that, that safety net to go, okay, have these things. What do I want to do with my day? Yeah. What do I want to do... Well, am I going to make something and put it on the internet to be sold? Am I going to write a book? Am I going to learn a skill and see what, what I can do with that? Am I going to start a podcast? <laughs> it creates that space that we were talking about. Yeah, so I, I'm a big fan of the idea. Uh, I'm not sure how you finance it yet um, in terms of there's a lot of different ways. You could do it with a carbon tax or you could do it with an automation tax or you yeah. could do it with... Uh, a complete scrapping of, and reorganization of the welfare state. There's a lot of ways you could go about it, but yeah, I'm I'm a big fan. I think it's uh, it's interesting because um, obviously being able to to create that space for an entrepreneur to not worry about those things seems like an incredible thought to me personally. Mm. Obviously, because this is this is the road that I've been on for the last couple of years, um, where things haven't been. As, as simple as these these necessities are just are just covered mm. um, and again I think that's 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 something that a lot of entrepreneurs are probably dealing with right now mm. is the the challenges because uh, obviously I mean again going back on how we deal with be, uh, how with loss and being able to adapt um, the way things are right now without a universal basic income uh, it's challenging being an entrepreneur it's challenging being a person but it's challenging being an entrepreneur. Um, to go out and to commit something, uh, to commit to something uh, completely, um, without those things, you know, without the basic things um, being taken care of, um, and it's it's risky. Um, yeah, it's the idea of having that that safety net is is really galvanizing. But I, what would you say to people who would, you know, maybe be listening to this or looking at universal basic income? But like, okay, but you know, people just have things provided for them they're just gonna sit in their house all day and not do anything like what, what would you say to that idea that people there are people who don't want to work or there are people who just aren't that bothered and are happy for everything sure. provided for them like, i think you're always going to have those people you're always going to have the people that aren't that aren't prepared to work those who the, the kind of people that aren't prepared to work right now uh, are already probably receiving some sort of government help anyway hmm. this gives this gives help to the people that um, are in work that have to work long hours just to cover basic human needs, um, which is most of most of the most of the uh, population of the world are in that situation that they don't have that freedom. I mean, this is why some of the best ideas come from uh, college dropouts or or uh, guys that are at uni because you have that space, like having that opportunity where you have those basic things taken care of, where you can actually sit and say, because it comes back to uh, a level of self-awareness that you need to have as well. It gives you that space to say, okay, well, who am I and what, what do I actually enjoy? Because most people have to save what they actually enjoy for after when, or when, when they come home from their existing job. Mm. Um, and it, there's, at, at the minute, there's very little space for you to say, okay, well, this is who I am and this job 
or this opportunity, this product, this service can be an extension of who I am. Yeah, to be someone actually, I'd be interested to get your thoughts on something. Someone suggested to me the other day that if at a threshold where you've been, say, on on the dole or on you know not working for a certain length of time, that sure. you should be offered or sent to didn't really come to a conclusion on exactly but sent to uh someone for like psychiatric assessment okay you know why why are you happy to sit at home all day and sort of try and like eke out what there is it a fear of failure is sure. it is it as you sort of touched on is it is it just like a a lack of desire is it not knowing in themselves what they want to do and therefore it's easier to do nothing that is a great idea that's the first time I've heard that idea, but that was a great idea. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, people are using the benefit system. The benefit system is there to help people that need it. Mm. Um, obviously, then there are percentages that are taking advantage of that system, um, and it would be it would be very interesting to see what the psychology of those people were, um, whether they think you know if I'm earning this certain amount, I'll, I'll be fine. I mean, the problem is that depending um, on on what benefits you're on. Um, some people are actually earning just as much out of benefits that they would on a part-time wage. Mm. So then they will have to look at an option of, okay, well, full-time employment. Um, but that's very, it's very, it's very interesting because everything actually stems from self-awareness. But I mean, that problem, that problem that you're talking about of sending these, sending these people to see a psychiatrist, that should already be tackled while you're in education mm. um why something that is a complete mystery to me is why we're not taught how to deal with what's in our heads okay um that is so mysterious to me the fact that we're not taught when you, how to, right, when you say that what, what exactly do you mean well so when i when i say so obviously we've talked about self-awareness but mm. um all, you know talking about mental health um teaching young people how to actually use um or or direct their thoughts in a positive manner how to deal with what's going on inside your head and there's a huge problem where young people aren't taught with what's going on like what how to deal with some of the thoughts that go, that's going on inside their head on inside their head mm-hmm. and they're up until the last couple of years and and in in some there is still some stigma around mental health as well but the reality is that every single person goes through different stages of mental health their entire life. Mm. And we're never taught unless you go and I, I mean, obviously you have a school counselor. So if you want to, you can go and see the school counselor. But those then that's that's designated for the people that are OK, that need help, where we like every single person should be taught these skills of, OK, this this is the, this is the way that your brain can work. Um, but it's okay because everybody else is feeling the same way. Um, because then from that moment on, from that school level, you're not going to have to get these people to come in for, from, for some sort of evaluation um, because they're already going to know how to deal with some of those thoughts that they're maybe struggling with. Hmm. Um, it's interesting because obviously that sort of... Um, uh, it's interesting to think about that could be a, a result of what's actually going on in that person's psychology is why they're actually on benefits is an interesting concept. Yeah, I just, I, I'm not sure what the what and what the results would be of it, but I'd definitely be intrigued to see because to me, I, I 
I've never quite understood the the arguments like, well, you know, what are people going to do all day? Like, you give me food and a house, I am gonna, I'm gonna amuse my, I'm gonna find something to amuse myself, and eventually, sure. even if that's for a while, just sitting and I don't know watching TV or. I get I get bored. Sure. I get so bored. Yeah. I you know start making something or start drawing something or start yeah. you know you. I think that there there's potentially like a lack of time in maybe even more so in today's society for people to to ruminate upon like what what they want to do and what they're thinking and, and who they are partially maybe because of technology and because of the kind of instead of sitting like if, if you're waiting for a bus for five minutes you know you'd be a hundred years ago you'd have been okay that's that's for example so 30 30 years ago you know yeah. unless you were really like cool and had a walkman yeah you'd have maybe been sat and you would have had time just to think so be with your thoughts and mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. and and that might not seem like much but to me i think this this habit that people have is like oh well just pick my phone up scroll through facebook and you don't don't get bored and that like constant environment of amusement essentially stops people having the time to sit and like process their own thoughts and then if they are left to their own thoughts and devices they maybe don't quite like they're sitting there they're maybe feeling a bit rose oh i'm bored i'm feeling rubbish and they that 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 leaves them feeling oh you know why am i they don't get to the, the source of it's okay to be bored and yeah. be alone with your thoughts, I think is something that is almost lost on people these days. And, you know, I'm not going to try and claim to be some messiah who, who knows and, and is never on their phone or never uh, never whips their phone out when they're a bit bored. But I think yeah. it's it's something that, like, I'm trying to notice if I'm just, like, mindlessly scrolling, I'll be like, like, try and snap myself out and be yeah. like, no, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. Not, that's not good for me. Sure. Um, well, there is, I mean, even even if, if you're talking about um, sort of uh, self-awareness, mental health and technology, I mean, that, that, that poses uh, issues that are completely unique to our time as well. Um, even if you look in sort of relation to how we judge ourselves um, in, compare, in comparison to other people, going back 30 years time, you were only really going to compare yourself to um, your immediate friend group. Um, you were going to... Fast forward to today, you post a photo online and you're thinking hundreds of people could look at this photo. How do I look in this photo? How many likes am I getting in this photo? And I think I've, I've read a couple of studies on, you know, the relation between platforms like Instagram and people's mental health, um, which is interesting. And again, that comes down to uh, the, 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 that sort of unique problem to our time is another thing that isn't really being taught to kids either, hmm. um, which is interesting. I don't know. I think. I mean. I think the 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 answer to all of this is to give yourself space. If possible, you should meditate. That's that's what that's what I think young people should be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a big fan. It's. I, I find it really, really like focuses my mind. If I can get up even for five minutes in the morning and just. That's the best time to do it. Yeah, that's the best time Sitting, to do it. You know, after you've had a shower, so you're nice and relaxed, and you sit and just sort of close your eyes. A little bit of I don't know, sure. whatever, just good. some of the names of the 
if you look on YouTube, you just like meditation music. Some of the yep. names of the of the of the tracks are absolutely outstanding. <laughs> it's like transcend to the fourth dimension absolutely, and yeah, you know yeah. open the third eye and yeah yeah yeah. Like I so I get the kind of metaphorical idea behind it, but it just makes me laugh. It's like in t- get in touch with the <laughs> with the angels, and I'm like, yeah. what on earth? Are you doing? Yeah. you know, this is just a bit of music for you to listen. Yeah, to. Yeah, there's a lot of like binaural beats and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, the binaural beats. There's the binaural there's beats are science the, behind yeah, them, yeah, but yeah, I yeah. just find the 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 properties that people say giving uh, the the pro- people uh, sorry the properties that people say listening to them have is <laughs> yeah. is really amusing sure, sure. <laughs> yeah yeah no I mean I think that's the best time obviously we're we're living in such an immersive movie and the moment that you wake up in the morning it's engagement time and your head is just going doo, 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 doo. Hmm. the best time is to meditate in the morning because this comes, I mean, this is just my own personal experience. So people will probably be listening to this being like, this is completely alien to me. Hmm. But dealing with my own thoughts, dealing with the challenges of being an entrepreneur, um, dealing with life in general, I think it's incredibly important that you look after what's going on inside your head. Um, so I would, I, every, single, every morning I put a certain amount of time aside where I can focus on myself completely, both mentally and then physically as well. Because I like to I I like to use my time in the mornings constructively to focus completely on me because then it makes me the best possible me for the rest of the day and I can't affect others in the positive way I want to affect others unless I've got myself straight. If mm. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, start with yourself. Be the change you want to see in the world. Be the, yeah, be the change. To quote yeah. Gandhi, <laughs> controversial man that he is. But yeah, if, so uh, before we we wrap up here, uh, is there anything you want to say about sust to kind of go back to the original point of our conversation sure. or is there like a, a mailing list or whatever people can can sign up to or, or to get sort of info when it's when it's going live uh well uh, we'll be pushing sus to the store within the next few weeks um it, the best way for you to sort of keep track of what's going on is just follow us on facebook okay um but um yeah i mean from you'll 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 see some marketing material and stuff going out it'll it'll probably tell you the story of what we're doing in a better way than i've just done Mm. um but it's i mean this is this is an opportunity for you to make your voice heard like never before um and we've we're we're providing that platform um if you're not happy with what's going on in your local community um or if you just want to support a local organization if you want to make your voice heard in relation to what's going on in your university get on sust um and then let us know what you think because i mean we we, we're going to develop um as a platform um over the next sort of few months as well depending on who's using the platform how you want to use it um so yeah i'm just looking forward to the next couple of months i'm not sure if we mentioned but um the more you use the platform the more you get rewards and discounts and sure yeah so i mean uh, yeah i mean the 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 idea being is that we want to bring the the complete community experience online so above and beyond you just being able to shape what's going on in your local community we wanted to bring the local business community online as well and let you interact with them so um an added incentive of you actually engaging our platform and making your voice heard is that for the more you engage you then qualify for rewards in the form of uh, discounts from local restaurants shops and businesses um so yeah Yeah. okay well thanks thanks very much for for having a chat with us thanks very much josh 
Thanks very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you can like and subscribe on iTunes. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all forms of social media. You can share the episode with your friends, maybe even leave us a review or a comment. Let us know what you think. Till next time, thanks very much.